Welcome to the KFA Podcast, where our mission is to keep faith alive by kicking ass. All right, Nicole White, welcome to the KFA Podcast. I uh, I would love to just start off learning more about you because we just met. We did. <laughs> so real estate, how long have you been doing it? And what's the story? What's the scoop? I've been in real estate three and a half years. I grew up in Clark County, born and raised, went to Fort Vancouver High School, met my husband when he was, well, I was in high school, he had just graduated, um, moved to Arizona for a little while to chase the sunshine, then came back. Um, I started working in the medical field. Okay. So basically from before I got out of college until real estate, I was working in the medical field. COVID changed medicine quite a bit. Right. So it was less about helping people and more about dealing with the administrative things so it didn't feel as good and it took a lot of thinking and thought and talking to different people in in real estate and then i finally was i woke up and i said this is it okay real estate's it i had the classes i got everything done before i even passed the test awesome so your experience so far in real estate it's been quite the Quite the crazy market shift and everything. <laughs> it's been a ride, yeah. The last two years have been really good because it's just been one thing after another. This year, everybody's slower. So it's just right. the rates being up mm-hmm. and sellers having houses that are 2 to 3%. So you're in this weird bubble, but I'm still finding that there are buyers that and sellers. I've had mostly sellers really? that are, yeah, okay. I had one buyer this year that must have been sellers. Wow. So people still have to move. Yeah. They still have to move. What, what's been your number one source, I guess, for finding clients? This year it's been referrals okay. and social media. Uh, last year it was my Google page and a little, kind of a little bit of everything between my realtor.com page, leads yeah. and stuff like that. And so now I'm getting into that referral base. So zooming back to when you got started, do you, what was, I guess, the moment after you got, you know, initially going in real estate that you realized, okay, this is my calling, oh, this is what, before. Well before, okay. I, growing up in Clark County at the time, before I got into real estate, I was working in Portland. I spent maybe two hours a day with my kids yeah. because of traffic. I was gone. I was working 10 hour days, 12 and a half hours. And then I was just gone all the time. Yeah. And that's not what I want to do. It's not any fun. So I got to thinking about how can I work within the community, within my, you know, all of my neighbors help people still, because that was the intent of being in the medical field, sure, was to help people. And I just, I was thinking about it one night and I just looked at my husband and I was like, I'm going to sell houses because I can help people buy a house, I can help people navigate how to do that and still be working within my community. Mm -hmm. Totally. That was awesome. And did you have a mentor or anybody that kind of, yeah. Yeah. When I first um, got started, I was with Sundin Realty and I was, and I still work closely with her, Shannon. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. 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 What would you say, this is this is kind of a left field question, so <laughs> a creative question I came up with, but as far as like, what, can you think of like a lesson that you've learned from working with a client? And if you can, how would you say it's shaped your practice in real estate? Every client, you learn something and it changes. You know, the the first 
year, it was trying to get these multiple offers right. and get the dream house for the clients and kind of navigating different ways to do that and sure. building relationships. Just to win, simply. Just to get it and to get, to get it. Right. And and in a way that they're not overspending mm-hmm. and then they feel really good yeah. about the house. And on the flip side, this year with sellers, it's teaching them that this isn't the same market. Right. Yeah. And setting so expectations. Yeah. A lot of coaching and education. Yeah. So those two experiences, I would say, I mean, it's an umbrella of two, but those taught me how to navigate kind of all these different scenarios of, okay, this is, you have a line of cars down the street and 45 offers. Totally. But now we have 30 days and I'm showing. Yeah. How are we right. going to make this different complexity? And I, and I think right? yeah. from tons of agents who, maybe it's because they, they failed to set the expectations early on when they're, you know, and it, this is a trap that we all fall into, right? You want right. to win the listing, so you don't want to tell them what they don't want to hear right up front because you're still interviewing for the job. But I mean, I, I'm seeing that across the board. Like a lot of realtors are really having a hard time right now because their sellers are pointing fingers at them and saying mm-hmm. it's their fault. And so like, have you had any of those situations come up? No, real? not yet. I, I try when I meet with sellers to be very transparent mm-hmm. and say, it's, you know, here's different avenues you can go. Here's exactly what the market is doing. And here's what my recommendations are. And if they decide to list way above where the house is, I tell them, okay, this is what's going to happen. And we need a plan yeah. right. when it does. So yeah. And the conversation's more, I told you so. Imagine, <laughs> yeah. I didn't overpromise. Well, exactly. you're building that trust whether they get the results that they wanted or right. not. You're showing that you know the market and that you can predict it and, and guide them. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you set the expectation ahead of time, some sellers, they don't listen, but most of them do, at least in my experience. And I've found that you find your people people you by being authentic yeah. Yeah. yeah and so i sit down with them they say just want to get to know you and i want to get to know your house and i want to get to know your goals and mm-hmm. what does that look like for you and you said you mentioned realtor.com you were mm-hmm. were you getting leads from there I was. prior you still are not doing it anymore <laughs> well i signed up to get them just to see kind of how things were going and it's very very slow yeah for yeah. those right now so i'm right. focusing more on my past clients my spirit totally. But, but when talking about kind of the, the clients that you're attracting, I, I've made the mistake early on in my career of going like all in on leads, which costs a bunch, which sucks, but also you're not necessarily attracting people that you vibe with all the time. Like you went on a referral basis. Sure. So I've always, that's the one thing that I never, I guess, thought about with purchasing leads is that you're in just the random craft shoot, I guess, of clients that you're coming into contact with. There's a much higher percentage of people that you maybe don't enjoy, and that's been my experience. Yeah, I've had a tr- I've had some people that I, I don't enjoy. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you pick and choose, I guess, in this career. If there's somebody and you two don't get along, right, you have the opportunity to say maybe we're not the best fit. Yeah, for this and yeah, you know, here's what you need, and here's what I'm willing to help you with, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be unethical or lie to you or you know totally. anything crazy like that. Cause some some of those leads, they're they're cold calls. Right. They're you have no ideas on the other line. They don't really want to tell you anything, even though it's like I need to vet you a little bit to sure, sure it's right. safe. Yeah, that <laughs> you can afford the house, and we're not wasting the seller's time, yeah. my time, your time. So it it's navigating how to have those conversations. Sure. With these leads, but I'm doing less of that now because I'm getting more out of this organic 
growth and doing community events. And Definitely the, the most, the best client experiences I've ever had yeah. are always referrals. Yeah. I've had and some I, pretty, pretty great connections through leads. I'm not going to say not all of them are. Some of my oh, yeah. best clients I've gotten. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. But one of one of my past clients sponsored our our first event because we just and so yeah from that connection from yeah you're always yeah, going to find yeah, friends yeah. and stuff yeah. um so that's good on the on the note of ethics and this is a question i've been talking to a lot of people about right now obviously everybody's well i shouldn't say everybody a lot of people's deals are down mm-hmm. money's a little bit tighter that closing that deal matters more than ever how do you balance ethics and your fiduciary duty with the need to in the the drive to like, I want to also pay for stuff for my family and support them. My, I have a wonderful husband. I just had to put that out there. He was very patient. And when I went into this, we had that conversation. First of all, when we bought our house, gosh, nine years ago, we bought our house based on one income. Okay. Okay. Just in case, because you never know. Right. And so when I went into this, it was, he was saying, you're not happy where you're at. You're miserable. You're not doing the things that you're intending to do with your life, which I clearly does replacing, like firing and hiring people gets old. And so we had that conversation. I said, I could go months and not make anything. You know, it's fine. We'll figure it out. And so my primary is my client's best interest. Obviously, I'd like to close the deal, but it's not about me. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's about them and what they need and how to get them there in a way that they feel really good about. Right. And by default, it makes you more relatable and just more right. compassionate. And yeah. yeah. I had a client actually this week that put in an offer on a property and the property has been sitting for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. We put in a flat, what I thought was a fair offer and the seller came back with something a little less than fair. And I told him, you know, this is yours, you know, you do what you want with it, but I'm going to be honest with you, tell you my opinion. And he said, nope, that's exactly what I was going to do anyway. Thank you so much for not yeah. pushing, right. for being patient. Yeah. Um, and that means everything. It does. Especially, I mean, not just first-time homebuyers, but they're they're learning how to navigate right. buying a house. So yeah. they need that education yeah. piece. Yeah. yeah. When I think there's a, there's something to be said, too, like the getting referrals, you know, and serving that client at a high level now and and when they see that you're not always just going for the deal when they when they right. when they hear from your mouth that you encourage them not to take the deal i think there's nothing more that elevates your trust in their eyes because yeah, sure. it's you know, you're, you're proving it to them live time that you're you're prioritizing the relationship over the deal right and when i meet with sellers i know they may be interviewing other people but i'm going to be out front with them and mm-hmm. say you know these brokers could promise you the moon and the stars. And it's happening. And it may not happen because deals are down and, and people are, I don't want to say desperate, but they want to get, you know, paid. Mm-hmm. You want to get the deal. Um, but I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. And if we're not a good fit, that's okay. Right. Yeah. Right. And also, like, I've told sellers all the time, like, because, you know, you, you're going to get somebody in a, in a listing presentation. They said, well, that other guy said they could get me 50000 more. And I said, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'd be happy to put his sign in your yard and get and, and get leads for right. six months until your contract expires. Yes. And then they're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. just it. On, I mean, on the consumer side, what reason would they have to try and think of all of these reasons, right? And so it's just being honest and transparent with them and offering them education in exchange that gives them value. And it makes them feel, you know, important and prioritized and trusted. Yeah. yeah. So Kelsey, I, I, I'm not aware of this roof thing, but you brought something up there. So. <laughs> Do you have a box of tissues with you? Oh, <laughs> oh shoot. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll let, I mean, you tell it best. Well, I posted something on my Facebook story about an encounter I had with the sweetest 
sweetest elderly lady a few weeks ago named Ruth. I was driving out of my neighborhood to go run some errands for the day, and I see her with her walker walking down the sidewalk. And that's not super uncommon, so I didn't think a lot of it, but I kept her in my mind. I came back. She was sitting where I le- where I last saw her on her walker oh, wow. along Hazel Avenue. I thought, okay, well, that's kind Busy of busy. It's been an hour. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to go get the kids. She was still there. I came back. She was still there. So I just pulled over and got out and started talking to her. And she was the sweetest human. And I didn't think much of it after the fact, but she called me yesterday to thank me for stopping and making sure she was okay because I told her, so you've been sitting out here a long time. It's getting dark. It's going to start raining. I want to take you home. She was waiting for her doc, her daughter, which I thought was weird just to pick her up. And so I thought, well, this is weird. Maybe there's some cognitive delay yeah. or something going on. But she could talk. And she told me all about her life. What's about her? She was sharp. Yeah. She was talking all about her life, her kids, her family. And I stood there and talked to her for 20 plus minutes. Just let her talk because you could tell she was a little lonely. Yeah. She was kind of lonely. And so I gave her my card and I said, I'm going to check on you in 20 minutes. If you're still here, I don't care where your daughter is. I'm taking you home. This is crazy. Yeah. And she ended up getting picked up but she called me yesterday just to thank me for being kind and so I thought you know what it just it puts it in perspective the little things that you can do to connect with people yeah because yes I could have just said oh she's fine and not given it a second thought and what if she wasn't right when I think I think just because we're running a million miles an hour in our own lives Mm -hmm. every day it's really hard for us to even notice or to take the time to stop or and I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. Like the amount of yeah. times I've seen, I've been rushed into an appointment or something and I've seen like a dog on the street or something. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I, I love dogs and I should stop. But I've, I've driven on yeah. before because it's like, I can't have somewhere to be. Right. I grew up with a dad, a single dad, raised by my dad. He would literally give his shirt off his back for people and I've seen him do it. And I would remember... We're leaving grocery stores or something. There was one incident. The sun was going down and there was somebody outside who was blind and just standing there. And so my dad went up to him to make sure he was okay. And he didn't know what direction he was in because oh my gosh. His, his level of blindness was worse when the sun was brighter. Okay. And so we gave him a ride home. Yeah. And those are the things that I just grew up with. So I didn't think twice, you yeah. pull over and talk mm-hmm. to her, but... You don't realize the things that you even need from conversations until you're in it. And I went home and I said, wow, I'm really glad that I met her. Yeah. Because when you approached her, it wasn't because you thought there was anything to be gained. It was just to check in, be a decent human and check in on somebody who looked like they needed help. Yeah. Yeah. You could tell she may be a little lonely. Sure. Might have needed a little conversation. And she was not happy with her daughter. I'll tell you that right now. So I'm sure she'll let her hear about it, it sounds like. (laughs) Sure. But... No, it was a really nice experience and it put things into perspective in that you can have conversations with people you don't know yeah. just to meet them. Yeah. Totally. And to slow down a little bit. Right. right. Yeah. And two weeks later for her to remember and call me. Yeah. Okay. Well, we need a different subject. Well, and that, yeah, it completely yeah. proves that it was just a small, small ask of you to do that. But it obviously like the, it was disproportionately important to her and meaningful. Right. And we talk about that a lot here. Like I'm a, you know, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a Christian, so I believe in tithing. But um, I think one thing that we always we don't realize is like we can tithe with our energy. Like like just going, just making that waiter smile, or or going the extra mile, just in the little interactions. And like 
I I used to overlook that so much, and mm-hmm. it's crazy. Like even we were, we were talking about it earlier, but when we go to lunch, sometimes if we're having like a bad day now, or you know, market's crazy, or we're frustrated with whatever circumstance, we just go and we're like, we're gonna bless this waiter, and not 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 like with any crazy tip, but we make sure. her smile and make her happy and give her a little extra money and. Man, it, it, it's it a game feels so good. It does. It's just now everything is up in the air for a lot of people. There's a lot of questions. Everything a lot of fear. There's fear. People are thinking back to 08. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you lived through it, you had to live through That's it. trauma. It's going to stick with you. Yeah. 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 Sure. And so just a little kindness goes along. Right. Well, now we live in a world where global problems be, are like right in front of us mm-hmm. and drawing fear from us and anxiety. Everything. So true. Right. And I, us, yeah. I'm only 25, so I don't have a crazy long experience of of life yet. But I feel like over the last five or six years, honestly, probably since like COVID, I, I feel like I just noticed. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like people are just more sad and just less willing to have conversations like the human element of relationships. And maybe a part of it's social media, and I don't, I don't know. But I, that's one thing, and it's a huge reason we did the first KFA event because we just wanted to bounce back from I, <laughs> bounce back from covid when we were just all just trying stuck inside walls yeah, yeah yeah just connect with everyone cuz i mean i don't know about you but the times that i've hesitated going to an event or a dinner or whatever i've never gone and come home and be like oh see i knew i shouldn't have gone i i go and i'm like i had a really good time you know why did i why did i hesitate why did i not want to not want to go but it's just that human and human to human person to person interaction that you just don't get any other way right you really don't and I think it's super special that you just took the time to, to be that for her. Thank you. Yeah. Do you get it from your dad? You think then? Yeah, it was the model that 100%. you. Yeah, fresh, super. Cool. Yeah, he was like I said. I've seen him get his shirt off, his back to people. Yeah, and you don't see that a lot right. anymore. I mean, you just don't. And and I, I I get it because, you know, stranger danger. But <laughs> but I feel like there's a lot of it done online for other reasons. Right. You know, and and it's sad because it's tainted. You know the good. The good intention, but um, it's just nice to see there was nothing to be gained. You know, it was just because you saw somebody in need. And it, it made me want to be more aware that if there's somebody around me to just see if I can check in with them or help them support them. I mean, and that's what it's about, right? right. You pay it forward and learn from others. I know you're only 25, but he has a lot of spiritual <laughs> wisdom. I swear I learn from him all the time. So the stuff that you learned from your dad mm-hmm. with regards to that. Did he ever teach you this stuff or did you just catch the lessons? I just caught him. He just noticed. It's not something that he ever said, this is what we're doing and this is how you treat people. It was lead by example. Yeah. And I watched and we were together all the time. And, and so I would just see how he would treat his employees. I would see how he would treat strangers. I mean, you could make a conversation with somebody and be best friends. And then all of a sudden he knows him 10 years later. Like he just yeah. connected with people. I'm sure it was. Yeah. 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 That's super special. Probably a, a gift of being present yes. in a big way. Very big way. I think that's kind of what we're talking about, right? Like mm-hmm. this just feels like n- nowadays less people are present. We're in our heads, yes. anxieties, whatever we're we're dealing with, good or bad. And I just, I don't know. I don't know what needs to change. I hope that if, by more people talking about it, it'll it'll help sure. and telling the stories. So I think you're yeah. right. I think you're right. So shifting back to real estate, if you, if you zoomed back in um, and you can kind of, Imagine yourself um, when you first started, day one, and you could whisper something in your ear, like tell yourself something that you wish you would have known. Mm, that's a very good question. 
I wish I would have known. Don't do realtor.com. Yeah, don't oh, do, don't do that. Don't do realtor.com. <laughs> Just prepare yourself for people to ghost you. Mm-hmm. Because you don't think about that. And myself and another realtor friend of mine were just talking about this because she's fairly new. And it happens. I don't know if it's because people just don't want to say, like, she does someone or someone else. Yeah. So even though that would be better because now we know not to keep working on things. Yeah. Um, but you can't help but take it personally. What did I know? What did and, and now I can say, you know, that's actually not maybe me. It's just the human nature where they're at where the headspace is and and it's okay right and to just that takes a certain amount of grit because i don't think you can be relatable and kind like you are even to a stranger and then be on the other side of that where you can brush that off very easily i think you're just personable to your core and it's hard to shift from one to the other it is and when i meet someone i get excited about them i get excited for them and so i start looking at things and talking to them about real estate and then you never know they could be completely lying and already have a realtor which happens unfortunately a lot um and they don't want to give people bad news it's kind of like when you talk to somebody on the phone that's selling you something and you want to let them down really nice yeah and then they call you back and you just don't answer the phone yeah you know, it's I, I finally looked at it that way. Like, okay, it's not a me thing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen all the time, but it does. I mean, it happens right. to us fairly often. Yeah. Especially with I've certainly been frustrated by it, but then I've also caught myself, you know, someone's trying to sell something to me and I'm like, man, I, I think I ghosted this guy. So like. Right. Put yourself on the other side it. of it. Yeah. 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 And so now I'm taking that and trying to apply it to those people that they called and maybe I don't want the thing and I'm trying to be nice and just direct with them now and say, you know what, I'm really not interested in this, but thank you for taking the time to call. Right. So that they know where my headspace is. Ultimately, I'm respecting your time. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and honestly, they say that uh, people in sales of any form are the easiest people to be sold because they can empathize with how how much they're struggling and how hard they're working. I'm so nice. when I I mean, someone about a year ago sold me pest control and he door knocked me and I was just like, (laughs) And, and then he was like, are you the owner of the house? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, what do you do? And then I told real estate and he was like, and so we actually started talking because I, I was like, dude, if I don't know how much you're making doing this, but you're really good at building rapport. Like, and I'm just sitting there like in awe of his skills and I'm like, so I'm a buyer. Yeah. Cause I feel bad. Cause you've probably gotten the door slammed in your face yeah. 50 times. Right. But, but he keeps doing it. Yeah. Exactly. Right. No, I think door to door sales, if people can be successful at that, mm-hmm. Get your real estate life. That takes some yeah. grit. That takes some grit. It does for sure. Um, shifting gears here, uh, beyond beyond the transactions and negotiations, what is the most human, emotional experience that you've had with a with a client? Like just through the process. I feel like I really get to know my clients okay. before we even. You know, before we look at houses and through the process of looking at houses, I pay attention to the things that they say. Sometimes I'll put it in my notes. That way, later on, I can come back and say, how is your dog doing? I know you were right. Yeah. You know, just to, like, remind myself to go and be that way. Yeah. Um, So just taking the time to pay attention to them, I think, is is most important. I mean, I've been invited to their weddings and to you know their events and things and they send me messages and tell me oh, look what we did to the house and mm-hmm. let me know you offered they all stay in touch they all all stay in touch yeah so you know hosting events and and things like that for them i think 
is, has been nice at community events, but just getting back to, let me just get to know you mm -hmm. and your family. Be friends first. Be friends first. I mean, I've had listings where I was up with them until midnight painting to get it ready the next day and having pizza and cleaning and doing all of these things because it shouldn't just be them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They yeah. should know that I'm here for them. This is stressful. And you need, you need to get those clients to do a testimonial. Yeah. <laughs> they have, right? Oh, okay. Good. Oh, yeah. You're smart. Because yeah. it's always awkward, like when you know that you're doing like amazing things mm -hmm. and you know you're doing it all that the self the right reasons. Yeah. 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 So, I'm not like, doing it to just. It would be great for other people to know that you're that way because there's a lot of bad realtors out there. There's a lot of. There are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's. that's one thing that I think frustrates me the most about this industry is it's just like Agreed. hard sales people. There, there's amazing humans in this mm -hmm. business, there's some pretty great ones. but the crappy ones kind of speak the loudest. And they do, they do. But I think having, especially sellers, when the market's changing, being there with them side by side to prep the house and get it ready. Let me tell you what we can do. Let me do that with you. Do you need somebody to clean the floor? I'm going to clean the floor. Get ready for the open house. Yeah. I mean, I'm not thinking twice about it because it's what we should be doing. Yeah. And taking the time to do. That's how we're going to get the referrals. It's how we're going to get the business and the respect. Right. Yeah. And trust. Which totally. is the biggest. Yeah. No, I com I completely agree. Um, okay. Well, I know and you I've been talking a lot. I know you had some questions. I like it. That you uh, I mean, I think otherwise, too, it it can be a very overwhelming process if they, you know, let's say it's not a couple, if it's just somebody by themselves selling their home. I mean, how overwhelming could that be to not have any help? Right. You know, that especially if you're doing it by yourself. Yeah. I have a listing coming up in Lacey, beginning of oh, Rush. Uh, okay. And another one in Bremerton. So, just so you got Northwest there. MLS, too? Yes. Okay. And I'm getting my Oregon license. Okay. So we're, okay. That's exciting. Uh, but my Lacey listing coming up, I sold their mom's house a couple of years ago and the mom had passed away. And so it was an estate. And so it was all of these siblings and all these different oh, opinions and it went well. Okay. It went smoothly, completely smooth because I met with them face to face and we talked and they got to know me and I was very communication heavy. Yeah. Um, so doing that and now they're asking me to sell their sister's mm -hmm. house in Lacey. Similar situation, but less people. That's how you have to feel like you're you're kind of on track for who you want to be as a person, as an agent. Is you know when they want to come back again. It's right. as simple as that. He said, "I need a Nicole White and Lacey." He said, "I will drive oh. to Lacey. I'm <laughs> awesome. get some snacks and some gas." Yeah. Well, when I met you a couple weeks ago, I mean, you were driving into the hills of Longview too. I mean, I was there yesterday. Yeah, yeah, meeting contractors, driving their listing coming up that. It's it's a whole story, but um, they're renovating a house and flipping a house, and so he they've never done it before, and so he's asking me, "I need your design help, so just come up here and point at things." And I said, "Deal." So completely outside of the realm of being an agent, and you're on board with it. Yeah, we are therapists. Yeah, we are day manners. We are all the things, whatever they need. Yes, that's right. Yeah, for sure. Except I had a client ask me to be their lawyer. Oh examples. yeah, I've heard that. I can do that. No, where I draw the line. Actually, ask me, me to advise on that stuff. I'm like, I really can do this. Yeah, and I'm pretty straightforward right. in that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we have to be. We have to protect okay. ourselves, and yeah, you just never know. So I'm like, let me give you a few different options, and mm -hmm. you can decide. What I, you want to do. Giving them the power to decide, I think, 
helps tremendously because otherwise, if it doesn't go the way they expected it to, the responsibility, yes, 100%. So I think there's a lot of power in giving that decision to them. Yeah. What kind of client events are you doing or have done? Well, I've done, pardon me, more community events and invited all of my clients. So food bank stuff. I did a food drive. I do that. I've done three now. And so total I've raised or collected, excuse me, over almost 3,000 pounds of food. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. I know. And unloading it. I was just going to say, you had to move it, I bet. (laughs) Yes. I did a food or a supply drive for Boys and Girls Club last year. And and every summer I do a free community yoga in the park event. Okay. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I just sort of put it out into the world and people just show up. And then we get to talking. And now I have a client that wants me to sell their house and help them buy another one from that event. And I don't do the event with that intention goal. Yeah. They enjoy yoga. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fun to do it outside. And with COVID, it was weird for a little while. So I was trying to think outside the box on how people might feel comfortable and being able to leave when they want, not go into a building and feel confined. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And we've had a huge turnout. So that's an annual thing now that you do? Oh, perfect. I do two. I did my first one was last year. And then this year. Like a summer event? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. We don't do it in the rain. I get really teach. I mean, it <laughs> could be a thing. It could be, but it's a lot of fun. I've met some really great people, and I don't, you know, bug them and get salesy <clears throat> when they come to the event. I'm not. I'm also a realtor. Hey, like, by the way, I'll let me still get my sign up my car for them. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's my marketing things are out. Yeah, but I'm not saying you need to buy a house. And I know there are other realtors that would disagree with that, but that's how I'm meeting well people. you're playing the line i want to do it you're giving value without immediate expectation of something right. you're in return and that's super authentic i'm a huge believer in that. yeah i don't think there's a better way i think old old school sales is out the door like you can sure you can push your way to scraping together a handful of deals but that will never compound like goodwill will right and it feels forced it feels forced whenever i've had to or tried to do it that way you know to make up for a deficit in the market whatever it may be it just feels forced it doesn't feel no. doesn't feel like me and like we were talking about this morning, when you're kind of in that zone where you feel confident or you've had a big win, and so you know you can feel that transpiring in conversations with others, it is the complete opposite when I am forcing myself to be a certain way. Right. You know, yeah. like they see right through it. The interest is not there. The engagement is not there. So I think it works on both sides. One of the biggest pieces of advice that I got even before I started real estate, I was just kind of getting my feet wet into this, yeah. was to save your ass. Mm-hmm. And that was... Okay, you know, I I am going to come to you, just ask you exactly, I want to sell your house. How can I help you? Or I can get to know you. Yeah. And then you can decide. And then I'm not asking you for something just straight out the gate. I am building a relationship. Mm -hmm. And with these events, I'm building these relationships. I'm having people come back each year. And I'm not asking them for anything, but they're now coming to me to help them. They're definitely aware like what you do. Right. And the law of reciprocity it doesn't work with everybody, but usually if, if you've yeah. done something cool for them over and over and over, like mm-hmm. maybe you don't even need to ask right. and they'll come back to you and be like, hey, do you by chance have a room to take on another client? Well, and sometimes they'll call me for, do you know a good carpet cleaning company or do you know? Yeah. So it's these little things and I know, top of mind, no matter what. right. And there are people that do business very differently in this industry and they are very right. forward and in your face or, you know, mm-hmm. and that works well for some people. But for me, I wanted to grow my business, again, organically and 
get to know the people in the community, which mm-hmm. was the whole purpose of getting into the community. So that's amazing. And do you feel yourself being more a part of the community now, just with the school and everything? And yeah, always at the school. Yeah, I know. Yes. I can relate. I yes, can relate for sure. Yeah. I'm getting to know the teachers and, mm-hmm. you know, their friends' parents and Ruth. Yeah. And just people at the store, you know, at having a level conversation saying good morning. So school, are there any other areas or like communities you're involved in to, I guess, facilitate more organic new relationships? Um, well, I mean, not particularly. Okay. Um, I'm just kind of focusing on the events for the, you know, yeah. the events for the year and just getting to know the people that my kids are involved with and my husband's involved, you know, mm-hmm. through golf because that's his thing. Um, but no, not any particular group. So you're kind of staying open and just allowing it to come to you. Right. Yeah. I want to find the things that I enjoy doing and not force myself into something if I'm not sure if I like it. I mean, I'll try. I'll try things, but I'm not going to make myself for this end goal. Sure. Do something. So you're at, um, not to switch gears here, it just came to mind. You're at, did I hear you're at EXP? Okay. How long have you been there? Um, Just over a year. Actually, just about exactly a year. Awesome. I go. Okay. So just, just. Because I'm gonna give you permission to shoot your shot. What's your uh, what's your pitch for EXP to the the realtors watching that uh, <laughs> should join under Nicole? Well, I've seen quite a few realtors switch to EXP. Actually, less long funds. I was with a smaller, more boutique local brokerage before, which was great for the beginning because I had this close mentorship yeah. and I was able to kind of learn at a pace that I felt really good about in a crazy market, which was wild. But EXP, I liked it. I like it because there's opportunity and there's technology that I'm still figuring out and still learning uh, the CRM, but there's, it's a whole beast and you have your cap. Once you cap that comes back to you in stock. So I'm not really losing money. And once I cap, then it's a hundred percent. So there's a lot of positives for it. I mean, if you're not somebody that needs an office space, yeah. And you're so think, good with remote. Man, like mo- pretty much, I've been I've been a part of several brokerages. I actually was at EXP in the past yeah. myself, and I didn't leave for any bad reasons. That's a different story, though. Okay. I, I love EXP, um, but most offices I've been to, it's like no one's here, anyways. Like, right. But we have. I, you probably know it's made by Facebook, but it's a workplace group mm-hmm. that's just for EXP. Yeah. So you can be in a Washington State group and ask questions to Washington State brokers. I could put my listing in there, and then. Almost seven hundred of them. Are they still like, I guess, pushing or utilizing that virtual world? Oh yeah, uh, okay. it's interesting. I always like thought that was so weird. Okay. Like I would go in, and I think it was like I had a my commission disbursement didn't come out from a deal that closed a couple weeks ago. So I'm trying to figure out what's going on, and I'm like walking my avatar up to the to the person, <laughs> oh and then yeah. actually yeah, like, that this fun. is how I'm trying to figure out how to get my check. And I I just remember laughing the whole time. Like this it is, is crazy. pretty much <laughs> that is that was that the um the video game was it Sims? Yeah, it's yeah, like Sims. so funny. But it's awesome because I can go in there and go into the state room and talk with our designated broker. I'm not technically face-to-face, but I'm talking to them yeah, and having a conversation and getting questions answered. And I never, yeah, it's super accessible. I don't have to wait on the phone for someone and try and track someone down. I just take my little sim into this little fake office. But they have a lot of classes, a lot of... um, different events and things and it's just it's a community yeah i really, really like it. i think their pay structure 
for me makes sense with yeah. the stock program, um, then there's opportunity for other streams. Yeah. yeah. When I first, uh, I think the first time I went in there, this is the dangerous part of it, I will say. It's really cool. But when I first went in there, it feels so much like a video game. I was just clicking around, walking around, seeing yeah. what's going on. And I walked into a room and the two people were like, what are you doing? This is a private meeting. Oh. And I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 Yeah, whoops, sorry about that. That's so funny. It is interesting. The world is interesting, but it's also, I mean, I don't, haven't gone in there a lot yet. It's kind of just like a, it's a good resource, like when you need to hear something quick or talk to a department or Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. And I'm not on a technical team, but I am working as a team with a group of other EXP realtors in a way that we rely on each other. We ask yeah. each other questions. We meet for coffee. We go to listing appointments together. We help you know, keep each other accountable. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's a group without paying extra. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, as long as you find your community and right. have people, especially during a season like this, I mean, it's tough enough to struggle through this environment that we've been through in the whipsaw, but it's a lot harder to do it on your own. It is. And the way that I look at this change in the market, it's a slowdown. It's an opportunity to really look at your business. Yep. And really dive into it and say, what am I doing? What am I spending my money on? What can I do better? What needs to be different? What are my goals for the next year? And how can I get there? And just scrub it out, clean it out. Yeah. Purge it. So what would you say that your goals are for the next year, five years? Is there anything that sticks out at you? Aside from selling even more houses? I mean, that's Uh, always at the top of the list, right? I want to add some more events, some more donation things, because that's really important to me is giving back yeah. to the community so I'm open to ideas if anybody has any um, partnering with different people and learning from them and uh, going to more masterminds I thought those were super helpful Jacqueline Smith puts a couple on mm-hmm. each year and those are really great um, and you don't have to be a part of Keller Williams yeah, to those. so doing a lot more of that so I'm learning from the people near me because yeah. that's how we grow I'm also working towards getting my Oregon license. So expanding across the bridge. Up to 150 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody's telling you, well, you should have got Oregon first. I know. Is that an exaggeration or is that really how many? So if you get Washington first, you got your 90 hour and then you have to, if you want to get Oregon, then you have to do 150 for Oregon. But if you start with the 150, you can get into Washington without extra. I, oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. But my, I looked at my husband because I've been very, you know, I want to learn Washington. Mm-hmm. I really want to get good. Right. Forms. I want, I don't want to overwhelm myself and yes. mess up. Because they're very different. They're very different. Yeah. And he looked at me the other day and he said, you drove to Bremerton <laughs> and back in one day <laughs> to meet a client. I think, I think you can go to Portland. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's what we're working on. That's my goal for next year. That's I'm hoping cool. to be through with everything and ready to take the test by February. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I kind of look at it like just knowing the, the market. Obviously, there's a lot of people leaving Portland right now. Good group of them are coming across the river. Mm-hmm. So that's a good reason just in and of itself. But also the retirement age, and I didn't know this when I first got in the business, so I'm grateful that I got my Oregon license. But there's, when people are retiring with like a pension or something, if they move across the river, they're going to save 10% on on their retirement oh. because of the tax savings. Okay. So a lot of them do. Huh. So you What's get a lot the, of- our retirement age, you mean? Yeah, okay. right. Okay. And so for the most part, it depends on who you, you talk to, but I, I think there's a lot of realtors that, are in Washington that regret not having it just because yeah. it's like I'm working with a client anyways and you know they should be able to list down there and help them buy up here and help right. them with the whole process. 
the first couple of years, I didn't have a huge need for Oregon. Yeah. I was inundated with Washington and very busy and didn't have any issues there. Um, but now that things have slowed down, I have the opportunity to really look at it yeah. and say, why limit yourself yeah. here, you know? Yeah. And now there is a need and I'm getting more requests and questions. Do you, are you in Oregon? No. Do you have a person? Yeah. So, and I love giving to my referral partners, but I would love for it to it's okay. Oh, that's not you say it with hesitation, like you're being greedy, but you're not. No. I mean, no. you're working for it, mm. right? Yeah. Um. So I honestly just want to. Any last things you want to leave the audience with? There's a lot of realtors that listen to this. Any sure. anything on your mind? <laughs> Words of wisdom for uh, uh, many I, people who are struggling. Yeah, I would just say just keep going. I mean, it's hard. It's easy to throw in the towel and say this is difficult, and especially if you need the income and you're, you know, like the changes parent yeah. or something, and and you have to pay the bills. Find that side hustle, but don't stop doing real estate because it's not going to be like this forever. It's going to pick up, and when it does, it's going to pick up. Always jumping back in, and anyway, right? It, yeah. It's going to do this every so often, right. anyway. Yeah. So it's just preparing for those moments, but just to keep totally. going. Yeah, every, every time, you know, we, I don't want to get into this, but obviously the NAR lawsuits right now, and right. you got a lot of people out there who are um, bagging on how overpaid realtors are and stuff like that, or loan officers or anyone in this business. And from a certain, like when, when like during COVID, when things were gangbusters and everybody's making tons of money. Drinking through spirals. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and so in that sense, it's like, yeah, I mean, shoot, yeah, you, you made more than the average doctor this year and mm -hmm. we didn't go through eight years of school for it. So yeah. it does seem disproportionate, but I always tell people like you're paid super well in the good markets because you have to deal with yeah, stuff right. like this. You have to plan ahead and know not to live beyond your future means yes. potentially and stock it away right. because you're going to have to pay taxes too. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's painful. Yeah. But, well, and especially on the agent side, you guys invest a lot of time with the client before, you know, before transactions closing. For us, it's, you know, 45, 60 days top, ideally, right? Right. You guys, I mean, you're helping them with so many different factors and pieces that if you look at it kind of a more broad perspective, um, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, we could work with a client for six months to yeah. a year, show them houses, and then they're, oh, I'm going to move yeah. to California. Never mind. And then you've wasted it. the gas and the time. Mm -hmm. But I try to look at those as opportunities. Mm -hmm. Sure can't let it harden you can't let it change right, you. because they may know someone down the road right. let me refer to is it a bummer that i didn't get paid sure. for that you know all the work that i did in that time sure but it's okay yeah. because it's not yeah. every single client. and it's a, it's a numbers game there'll right. also be clients who show two homes to they go for it their cash and you're like i can't believe i made this much in yeah. two weeks this is wild and i know some right. brokers are not into open houses yeah. but i of open houses okay. i had i'll just give you a quick story i had an open house last year at a 1.3 million dollar property cash buyer walked in unrepresented wanted to buy it i got a house wow does that happen all the time <laughs> absolutely not no but had you but just done an open house no no you don't do it and even if it's not the million dollar client it's going to be somebody yeah how are open open houses for you right now are they slow they're slow yeah okay the ones i've done are pretty slow yeah uh, but again, like you said, that's temporary. Season, rates. Well, rates are starting to improve. So yeah, I, I mean, we're hoping that we've seen the peak of them because the movement we've seen lately is is good. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it. Well, thanks for having me.
Totally. I appreciate it. It was a great conversation. Yeah, it was nice.